0: I started to really imagine the landscape as paintings. I I could smell the paint as I was walking. I could like feel the paint under my paintbrush, like imagining doing different strokes as I was like walking through the forest.
1: Welcome to Native Lights, where indigenous voices shine. I'm your host, Cole Primo.
2: And I'm your other host, Leah Lem. Miigwech for joining us. Native Lights is at its core a place for Native folks to tell their stories. Every week we have wonderful conversations with great guests from a whole bunch of different backgrounds, all with this Minnesota focus, somehow connected to Minnesota. Great tribal folks we're talking to, and we hear about... How they found their gifts and how they share those gifts with their community, and a lot of it centers around purpose, finding purpose in our lives. And we're back at it this week, amplifying native voices.
1: It's always a great show. Always some great people to talk to, and love it. Let's let's go.
2: That's right. I'm super hyped. I'm, I'm hyped for today's conversation because <laughs> I heard uh, I heard she's a hiker.
1: That's right. Hyped for the hiking.
2: I like it. Um, <laughs> How are you doing, Leah? Yes, pretty good. Um, Just really enjoying the snow and (laughs) the times we're in right now, just embracing it. And it's funny because it seems like it's like morning until it's night. (laughs) Yeah. There's no like afternoon these days. But yeah, it's really strange when
1: it's five o'clock and it's. Feels like it's you know 9 p.m. or something like that. I don't know. It's a struggle adjusting to that, mm. um, <laughs> but it's fine. It's fine. Um, I'm doing good too. I, I I hope that the snow would hold out for a little bit longer. And with it coming, I, I gotta I gotta grab the holiday holiday lights and start putting those up because I like getting into the festive season. You know.
2: You singing Mariah Carey. All <laughs> I want for Christmas is you already.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, she said it's time now. Like right after Halloween, so it's it's time.
2: Yeah, that's right. The <laughs> clock strikes midnight after Halloween. November comes. Boom, Mariah Carey. Yeah, and her what Santa Mariah hat Carey
1: says it's, it's law of the land. So. but uh, <laughs> um, yes, uh, on to today's guest. Uh, you you mentioned that you might have some. Related passion in hiking, Um, so I can't wait to ask her about that. But today, our our uh, guest today is Heather Friedley. She's a contemporary impressionist oil painter who lives in Saint Paul. She says her paintings depict her family's Native American and Mexican heritages, as well as the land in which she lives. She's also a professional snow sculptor, and she also says that an epic hike it inspired her work. So. We will of course ask her about that, and uh, we can't wait to hear her story.
2: Okay, <laughs> an epic hike seems like an understatement, because have you ever looked into through hiking the Appalachian Trail?
1: Oh, it's easy. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm joking.
2: Yeah, it's like 2,200 miles. That's no joke. That's so, no joke. You know, just a little context for why I'm so like hyped. Why, why I'm so impressed.
1: I'm curious how much, how that compares Heather. to the, the hike to Mordor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway.
2: These are important questions. Yeah. Important, hard-hitting questions. <laughs>
1: Maybe we'll ask her about that. <laughs> Boujou Heather, could you please, you know, just start by introducing yourself and, uh, you know, where you're joining us from.
0: Sure. My name is Heather Freedley, and I am a oil painter, snow sculptor, and gallerist out of St. Paul, Minnesota.
1: And we can hear one of your family members in the background, but we always like to ask, you know, how's your family doing during a pandemic, during 2022? How are you doing?
0: We're doing pretty good. The kids are um, really enjoying school, and the fact that it's snowing outside is pretty exciting right now.
2: Yeah. Very good. I love it. We are totally in for like anything with family, pets, it's all good.
1: <laughs> we had a cat on one of our last shows so it was I mean
0: Oh, nice. Mm-hmm.
2: So, Heather, what is at the top of your mind? Is there anything that you're thinking about, ruminating about, excited for right now?
0: Well, right now what's at the top of my mind is I'm really excited um I was part of, as a professional snow sculptor, a brand new Disney Plus uh, unscripted reality TV show called Best in Snow, which is coming out of Disney Plus Friday, November 18th, and is a holiday special. So I'm pretty excited because I'm going to be on TV. Oh my gosh. Yeah.
2: Congratulations.
0: Thank you. I was,
1: I was definitely going to ask about that. How did how did you get involved with that? Like, How did that all happen?
0: So I've been a professional snow sculptor for 15 years now. So... It started as um, working up in Ely, Minnesota during their Winter Festival Symposium. And, um, you know, I've been competitively sculpting snow since 2012. And uh, down here in uh, the southern part of the state is the uh, St. Paul Winter Carnival. The Vulcans put on the state qualifier competition. I've had a team that has won that competition before. We've gone to nationals. I've won nationals before. So I'm a national uh, award-winning snow sculptor.
2: That's amazing.
0: Yeah. And so I think Disney scouted at the national competition a few years back and approached me and a couple other sculptors. And so, yeah, they've been working on it for ever since.
2: That's incredible. So we've talked to sculptors before, but never with snow. (laughs) Like rock. Sure. (laughs) But snow, can you tell me a bit about how you sculpt snow and maybe what are some of the themes that you like to portray in your sculptures?
0: Absolutely. So my team that I'm with right now is called Team Kwe or Team Woman in Anishinaabe. And we're all three women with indigenous backgrounds, and we love to sculpt different natural elements in the snow. So last year we did a bison with an eagle on its back. Um, This particular bison for our state competition also had pants hanging off one of its horns, which if you all remember a couple (laughs) years ago, there's a lady that got pantsed by a bison at Custer State Park. So we wanted to uh, honor that spirit of the bison there with, with the pants. We thought that was pretty fun. So, That's right. Um, and we
2: want to make sure that we say that she was not acting responsibly.
0: He was not acting responsible. You don't pet the bison. <laughs> she ridiculous. was trying to pet the
2: bison. Don't pet the bison. <laughs> let's keep our bison, you know, at a safe distance.
1: The fact That's that right. we have to say that, don't pet the bison. That's,
0: <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and then another um, piece that I'm really proud of that we did last year was at in Mankato, in Old Town Mankato, they had a winter indigenous festival and we were um, headliner artists and we created a piece um, to honor the missing and murdered indigenous women which if you check out uh, Freedley Arts uh, on Facebook or Instagram you can see pictures of that piece. It's a fancy shawl dancer with some beautiful Anishinaabe like beadwork floral patterns on the back of her shawl with the bison next to her that says uh, "To honor of all our stolen women. So please check that out and make sure to spread the word.
1: Make sure to post that in our links. Um, so on to your, your oil paintings, could you talk about you know how you got into that and just like the inspirations behind your artwork? Because I know your family's heritages are a big part of your artwork.
0: Yeah. So my family on my mother's side is Anishinaabe from the Little Traverse Bay Band of Odawa Indians. Um, my father's side is from Mexico, from the Watabampo area, and we have indigenous ancestry from there as well. The way that it comes out in my paintings is, is not very literal. It is more through the colors and the flavors and the textures that I put into the piece. Because when I go outside and I immerse myself in the landscape, I have a unique perspective because my people are of this land. And so I like to collect imagery and thoughts and and um, you know feelings from being immersed in this land and bring it back to my work and recreate it and try to share that with the viewer. Um, Every year I try to go on what I call an art venture into the wilderness. So it's either hiking the Spirit Hiking Trail or paddling the Boundary Waters or another beautiful place. And I like to do these art ventures in order to immerse myself in that landscape and really honor the people that were there before me.
2: You're listening to Native Lights, where Indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today we're speaking with Heather Friedley, a contemporary Impressionist oil painter in St. Paul whose work draws upon her family's Native and Mexican heritages, as well as the land in which she lives. She's also a professional snow sculptor.
1: I know Leah was very interested in uh i called it an epic hike that you've had yes. in the past um we <laughs> uh, could you talk about that um and you know how that inspired you know your work going forward
0: absolutely well my epic hike so back in 2010 i threw hiked the entire appalachian trail and for those who don't know about the appalachian trail it's a giant hiking trail that spans all the way from springer mountain georgia all the way through 14 states up to the last mountain, which is called Mount Cantadon up in Maine. So I, I hiked 2,178 miles. I completed that hike within six and a half months and I did it all the way through. And it was an incredible life-changing journey, which if anybody ever thinks like I should go do it, you should totally go do it.
2: Well, dang, that (laughs) means I better go do it. (laughs) You better go do
0: it. Now, here in the great state of Minnesota, we have the beautiful Superior Hiking Trail. And it's a great warm-up trail that's uh, about a little bit over 250 miles, maybe up to 300. And that's about a three-week hike. So, if you're ever interested.
2: That's pretty impressive. I spent two weeks solo on the Superior Hiking Trail this past summer. And it was amazing. And it, like, helped, like, just get really inspired. I mean, and I ended up thinking up a ton of projects that I'll probably never be able to actually execute. But can you tell me a bit more about your art ventures in general and how they help inspire you? And how can we get in on that too?
0: (laughs) Well, uh, my art ventures. Uh, So when I do a hike, like a section of the Superior Hiking Trail, I like to um, really... Slow down and observe. And I think that's key for any artist, really, is to hone in on your powers of observation. And so I do that through all my senses, be it smell or taste or hearing and vision and touch. And I really try to slow down and really feel and absorb all those elements. I try to pick places that I think might have good scenery as well. So for example on the spear hiking trail the the section by grand marais and the gunplant up there is really beautiful lots of rocks lots of trees lots of interesting land features um and uh when i go up to the boundary waters i like to pick some of those places that are also like big palisade heads or jutting red pines and um and really just uh through being there for days on end and sleeping outside and eating outside and living outside like i Try to bring that all into my work through the colors and composition when I create back in my studio. I also bring usually a watercolor pad and some watercolors and my sketchbook so that way I can also work on some creative uh, outlines for um, my later paintings. So oftentimes plein air painters will do the same thing where you do like a sketch and then you bring it back to your studio and you work directly from that sketch in order to create the painting.
1: Nice. I was curious about the process um, that you go through when you, you know, do the oil paintings. So is that like a common process, uh, the sketch before the full deal, or how does that go?
0: Yeah, so some people work directly from photographs. I kind of do a mixture of photographs and sketches. Um, That way I can start putting my interpretation of the landscape within my sketch and, and keep ideas there. It's like a notebook. And then I bring it to the studio and have them side by side. My sketch, the picture, and I combine both and and use elements of both in my work.
2: Do you go with other people?
0: I do. Although I have gone solo before. Mm -hmm. And solo can be its own fun adventure. But honestly, I prefer going with other people because they help me gain outside insights into that space that... the outside space. So, you know, they might notice things that I didn't notice and say, oh man, did you check out this cloud? Looks like a dog or whatever, you know, yeah. like, and and that way I gather all the information from a lot of resources.
2: Gotcha. And I'm wondering, because you, you said you bring a sketchbook and
0: mm-hmm.
2: I assume something to write with, but how do you pack all of that?
0: <laughs> well, if you're hiking, you got to pack light. So I usually take a what they call a right in the rain sketch pad. So it's just like a small sketch pad. It's waterproof. Um, I use a pencil and I try to pack light. So that might be the only thing I bring if I'm hiking. Now, if I'm canoeing on the other hand, because the boat uh, carries a lot of your weight, except for in portages, which is a whole other deal. Sometimes I've even gotten away with bringing an entire painting set. Like I've brought oils out there before. Um, Mm. But with that being said, for the most part, I have compact um watercolor set and a compact sketchbook. so that way it doesn't take up too much weight or pack space while I work,
2: yeah. I just think of how dirty everything gets by the time you're done. Oh, yeah. being outdoors for weeks or a week or so. so i'm just i'm I'm thinking about those those works of art getting subject subjected to the elements. Oh,
0: yeah. They do. They do. And not only do they get subject to the elements, I kind of actually love how grimy they get while they're out there because it brings literally the element elements into your work. Like I Um, oftentimes when I come back, there's pine needles stuck in my sketchbook or dirt rubbed in there or like it rained on me one time when I was like watercoloring the last time I was out. So there's like water rubbing down like, you know, the the page. And uh, yeah, I mean, all those things, they affect that work, too.
2: It's the real deal. the real.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's great. That's
2: so cool. Thanks. Totally.
1: Something that, you know, immediately hits hits me when I'm looking at your art pieces is the color. Could you talk about how you approach colors in your paintings?
0: That's a great question. So when I approach color in my work, I I was trained at an art school. I do have to say that. So for me, there's the foundations of art that I learn in school about how to see color, how to mix color, how to apply color on the page. Um, I was actually a textile major. So a lot of what I did was dyeing. So dyeing fabric and creating textures on fabric. And I believe all that color schemes from especially like textile world, which tends to be brighter, I think, really plays into my painting. Um, When I look at the landscape, I often see, because I'm a heavy observer, more colors than more people see. Um, My son Orion says I'm a tetrachromat, which means that you have like an extra rod or something in your eyes that help you see more. And I think that might be true. Um, So I feel like I see like really vivid colors. And and so when I'm mixing, they they might be a little bit brighter than what other people might expect. And, And that's how I end up with these bright, beautiful paintings.
1: That's great. And yeah, when you mentioned textiles, it it definitely makes a lot more sense. I can see the relation there. Um, And you've also mentioned your son's names. And I was curious because it has they're very astronomy themed. Could you talk about that and just the inspiration behind those names?
0: Yeah. So uh, our oldest, his name is Orion, and our youngest is Sirius. And when we actually had our first child, we were living up in Ely, Minnesota, working and teaching at a camp up there and teaching about the night sky is something that my husband and I did often uh with kids in groups and so when we were thinking up baby names um we went through a lot of different names we were thinking maybe ursus or things like that but um we really thought Orion was a powerful name we really liked this constellation and of course since the first child got a cool powerful constellation and when the second child came around we were like oh gosh what are we going to do and then uh it literally took us pretty much to the last day, the last minute, when the doctor was like, hey, it's a good idea to name your child before you leave the hospital. Um, to actually name them, we were struggling. But we thought of the name Sirius because that is actually the brightest star in the sky. And it follows Orion. So they're together in the night sky, which is beautiful.
1: I like that. I'm I'm a big uh, universe astronomy guy. So I, I take the names very much so. Um, I, I was actually curious. You, you talked about your studio Um what does your studio look like and how does it you know, help with uh, the process of painting?
0: So I work out of my gallery studio. So Freedley Gallery in St. Paul and West 7th Street. Stop on by and visit. You might catch me in the middle of a painting. Right now, I've been working actually in the gallery space itself. I find that I really enjoy being around other people's artwork and gaining inspiration from it. Um, I also have a studio space that's behind the main gallery space where I store artwork and keep my paints and have my giant easel I have this like I think it's eight foot tall easel by like six feet wide it's the biggest easel I've ever seen in my life and I bought it and I was like yep that's my easel so (laughs) um in the winter especially I kind of find myself back there and like really meditating in like a cave it's like a cave back there so it's it's really cozy and uh yeah so stop on by the the gallery studio sometime
1: Awesome, awesome. I did see that you uh, recently celebrated the opening of the third annual Indigenous Art Show called We Are Still Here. Um, Could you talk to us about that show?
0: Yeah, I'm really excited. It's our third annual We Are Still Here Indigenous Art Showcase. The theme this year is standing in our strength. And I'm super excited. We have artists from all over Turtle Island, all the way to the East Coast, all the way to the West Coast, all the way north and all the way south. So we've got ceramics and paintings and metal sculpture and um, traditional artworks as well. And uh, you got to check it out. It's up all the way through the month of November, but it comes down before December. So check it out uh, and don't miss it.
1: You're listening to Native Lights, where indigenous voices shine. Native Lights is produced by Minnesota Native News and Ampers with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund. Today, we're speaking with Heather Friedley, a contemporary Impressionist oil painter in St. Paul whose work draws upon her family's native and Mexican heritages, as well as the land in which she lives. She's also a professional snow
2: sculptor. So Heather, can you talk about how you realized art was for you, including being a gallerist and opening up your own
0: place? Wow. That is quite the lifelong journey, I think, for a lot of artists, and I'm included in that. So Ever since I was a little girl, I was always painting and drawing and entering competitions. That's always been a part of my life. I remember doing like a coloring page that I entered in a competition at a local supermarket and having it put on the wall and thinking that was really cool. So, um, And then (laughs) as I got older, I actually, I was really torn in high school on whether or not I wanted to go into environmental science or if I wanted to go into art. And I think uh, after I did a pre-college program at the school I went to, which is the Maryland Institute College of Art, I came back being pretty much convinced that I'm going to do art. So I went to art school and then um, took a seven-year (laughs) hiatus after art school. Love art school. Don't get me wrong, but it is a lot of art. And so I was kind of burned out and I came back and I said, oh my gosh, I need to be in the woods. So I came back and I was in the woods for seven years. And towards the end of that time, I through hiked the Appalachian Trail. And one of the things that I experienced is as you're walking and meditating and just, you know, you're by yourself in the woods, images and thoughts come to you. And so one of the things that was really amazing that happened was that I started to really imagine the landscape as paintings. Like I, I could smell the paint as I was walking. I could like feel the paint under my paintbrush, like imagining doing different strokes as I was like walking through the forest. And so having that like real like spiritual experience on the Appalachian Trail with you know feeling the embodiment of painting really inspired me to go back. And so when I came back to Ely to my husband back in 2010 after the Appalachian Trail, uh I said, hey, I'm gonna be a painter now. And so I'm thankful he supported me with that journey and here I am.
2: That's so wonderful. And I imagine along the A.T. that you just see so many different different landscapes, too. Like um, you must experience so many landscapes when you're crossing that many
0: miles. It's a lot of miles and tons of landscapes because not only are we going through 14 states south to north, because that's a whole deal with climate, right? So you're going from kind of warm to less warm generally. Um, you're doing elevation changes and at each elevation, you get a different microbiome. That's Mm -hmm. a good 10 cent word. Put it in your pocket. Microbiome. So like, (laughs) as you were going through, like if you hit, let's say you go down to a valley and you're on the North side, you're going to have like your more pine trees and cool weather plants and mosses. And if you got to a peak and it's windswept, you might get really small, like syncopoils and, um, you know, sometimes even cacti, you know. And, you know, kind of more deserty plants because it's so dry up there. Or if you're by a stream, you're going to get your wetlands plants, your marsh marigolds, your, you know, your lilies and things like that. So going through all the landscape, I mean, you're going up and down, north and south, and you're seeing everything. Everything America has to offer, that's for sure. If you're a plant nerd like I am, <laughs> I oftentimes will include plants you can identify in the work and uh, really know. enjoy, like, little blue stem or prairie coneflowers or... Um, marsh marigolds are, that's another one I really like. I brought that up twice, but, um, you know, different plants and they always come through and speak to the work. And, and that's really important for me to have those native plants.
2: Can you tell us more about the gallery? Oh yeah. How did you get there?
0: Okay. Let's talk about plants. (laughs) 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 Okay. Well, first of all, during the pandemic, we had this major lockdown, everyone was working from home, artists included. So I was in my house all the time painting, which is fine, except for I really felt like I wasn't in contact with people. Obviously, it's the pandemic, but I was feeling really lonely. One of the things that happened during the pandemic during that spring of 2020 was that I started collecting a bunch of plants and I didn't know why, but my house became full of plants, all different varieties and textures and colors, and I could name every one, you know, and learn about them. And I, I I asked myself at some point, I'm like, why am I collecting all these plants? What is going on? And I looked around and I really tried to find some meaning. But one of the things that really came to me was that when I only owned one or two plants, they would always die. Always. I'd kill it. But when I had 50 plants, they <laughs> all lived and they lived together in this beautiful plant community and, and they were talking to each other and responding to each other and like, um, you know, creating their own little humid habitats and stuff. I mean, it was beautiful. So they're all alive and they're in community. And I said, Ooh, community, that's what I need. This is why I'm collecting plants. I need people. So, I did what people normally do, which is you get an idea, you put it on Facebook, right? And so I typed out there, I was like, hey, world, I'm thinking about opening a gallery. If you're an artist uh, and you know me, would anybody be interested in having work in that gallery? And I got an overwhelming response. And so I was like, great. And one of the responses I got, though, was from my friend, Dusty Thune, fellow snow sculptor um, and a friend and he said, my dad has an art gallery he hasn't had open in many years. And it's right there in West 7th. Maybe you guys mm. should talk. And so he got us together to talk. Uh, Dave Thune, former city councilman of St. Paul. He has the Thune Gallery. Um, but now it's the Freedley Gallery. So he, him and I talked about community and how we wanted to bring people into the space and offer a variety of things. And so uh, he was really happy to give me the reins and say, take it over. and I really enjoy the fact, too, that because it had been a gallery, I didn't have to change much. So the walls were done, had picture railing, lighting. So, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a turnkey for me. And it seems that Great Spirit wants me to have this space. It seems like things kind of fall into place. I want to share that with others. So one of my goals is being an inclusive gallery. And inclusivity to me means... Any race, any gender, you know, all sorts of inclusivity. And so when I bring artists into the space, I keep in mind that especially. So um, we have the Indigenous Art Show, but people that come into my space can see that in the uh, gift shop part of the gallery, we have Indigenous artists, Black artists, disabled artists, uh, white artists. We got everyone. And that's been really important.
2: Mm. Amazing. Great,
0: Heather? Yeah, oh,
1: <laughs> And yes, you can check out Heather Friedley on the Disney reality show called Best in Snow, and that premiered on November 18th. So check out that on Disney Plus. I'm Cole Primo.
2: And I'm Leah Lem. Chimiguai for listening. Giga go, Of lights, where Indigenous voices shine, is produced by Minnesota Native News and Amper's with support from the Minnesota Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund.